Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Munkinass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. What a beautiful day it is here in St. Louis. A gorgeous day. It's time to get the grill hot and get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. The Chiefs and the 49ers. And we have two hours of listening pleasure while you season up the meat and get all the adult beverages cold and set for your Super Bowl party. Sports on a Sunday morning coming to you from downtown St. Louis. And what a great day it is. Before we get to the Super Bowl, we get to this very fact that he is finally in and he is one of the greatest receivers in NFL history. Warner and the Rams, who have gone three and out, back-to-back possessions. They go under center with three receivers to the right, one to the left. Warner back to throw. Airs it out. Deep down the right side, and the pass is caught by Isaac Bruce. He breaks away at the 30. Bruce to the 20. Bruce to the 10. Touchdown. Touchdown, St. Louis Rams. Isaac Bruce, 73 yards. One of the greatest plays in St. Louis history from Super Bowl 34. One of the great plays in Super Bowl history. Isaac Bruce with a 73-yard touchdown catch, just part of his story. He is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He received that word yesterday from David Baker of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Knocked on his hotel door, gave him the news, and Isaac is in. You know, I wanted Mr. Baker just to wait a little while. I wanted him to knock. Two rounds of knocks, just to let him feel what I've been feeling the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I wanted to keep my power and my control. So after the first knock, I went and told my family, yo, this is the knock. So, you know, gather around, let's answer the door. And uh, shook his hand, and it was a great handshake. I bet it was a great feeling. Isaac Bruce was one of the greatest receivers ever at the time of his retirement. He was behind only Jerry Rice in all-time receiving yards. He retired in 2009, key member of the greatest show on turf, and he was even catching passes and touchdowns before the show. In fact, his first ever catch in the NFL was a 34-yard touchdown catch. The 100th season of the NFL has a Hall of Fame class fit for the celebration. Here's another one. He went to high school here in St. Louis, Steve At. Welcome to Canton, brother. Welcome to Canton. Love you, buddy. Congratulations. Love you, man. I know it's been a bit of a wait here, buddy. Man, it's worth the wait. It is worth the wait. Well worth the wait. You played with such fearlessness. During the 16 years of waiting to get this call today, 
were you ever worried that it just might not happen? Yeah, I was. I was. And um, I, I didn't really worry about it, though. I, I'm a person who believes that if things are meant to be, especially when I don't have any control over it, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And if not, then, you know, the other accolades that I've received, I'm, you know, in the Broncos Ring of Fame, that's, mm -hmm. you know, an incredible honor. Uh, Steve Atwater, what a gentleman he is, what a hard hitter he was. Another safety, Troy Polamalu of the Steelers gets in, and along with them, Seahawks Vikings guard Steve Hutchinson and former Colts running back Edgerin James, part of the Halls class of 2025, modern era in Shrinees, chosen by the Halls Board of Selectors and formally announced during the NFL Honor program. They'll be recognized during the Super Bowl today, and they'll be enshrined in Canton, Ohio on August 8th. Howard Balzer, one of the voters, and he presented both Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt. He'll be with us at the bottom of the hour at 1030. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, a unanimous selection as AP NFL MVP. He joins Tom Brady as the only unanimous picks in the awards history. Jackson became the first player in league history to produce over 3,000 yards passing and 1,000 yards rushing in a single season. The Super Bowl features the best quarterback perhaps on the planet right now, though, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Might not have had those numbers, but he can put up numbers in a heartbeat. Kansas City in search of its first Super Bowl title in 50 years. A win for the Niners would be a record-tying sixth. What a matchup this is. The Chiefs a one-point favorite in Las Vegas, and they have the high-powered offense that can hurt you in so many ways, especially if the 49ers present that zone defense with some holes in the middle, that speed can get to those spots and create lots of damage. They have receivers that can do it. They have a tight end, Travis Kelsey, who's like a big receiver. He's a freak. And Mahomes delivers the ball to them all in a timely fashion. The 49ers, though, rush only four. And the reason they do that is they have a very smart secondary. And we'll see what they can do to create maybe some confusion and get the ball in the hands of their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. But they're all about running the football. Raheem Mostert had 220 yards in his last game. That team can absolutely steamroll and if they get a lead they can be tough to get it away from because of the way that they play they eat up the clock they play great defense and they can run that football what a great game it is super bowl 54 as the chiefs and the 49ers go head to head in miami a little later today in college basketball yesterday we had south carolina beating missouri 76 54 slew over st joseph 78 73 SIU, I mean, they're playing really well. They beat Drake 79-72. Missouri State lost to Indiana State 78-68. Number 19, Illinois, plays at noon today at number 18, Iowa. What a fascinating matchup that is in the Big Ten. Some big news from tennis. Novak Djokovic has won a record-extending 8th Australian Open Championship and the 17th Grand Slam title overall by beating Dominic Team in five sets in the final in Melbourne. And Tony Finau shot a 9-under 62 to take a one-stroke lead over Webb Simpson through three rounds of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He eagled the par 5 13th at Finau and donned a Kobe Bryant jersey for one hole before knocking down a birdie on the par 3 16th. That place at Scottsdale is some party and quite a scene. Someday i got to get to that, that's for sure. The Waste Management Open 
in Phoenix. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Chris Zimmerman about yesterday's Blues game and more. The Blues lost to the Jets 5-2 to at Winnipeg. Connor Hellebuck, outstanding in net for the Jets. He stopped 38 shots. The Blues actually rallied to make it 3-2 with 4-10 to go, but they gave up two empty netters and lost the game 5-2. to The Blues still have a six-point lead in the entire Western Conference. They lead the Central Division by eight, and they are the talk of the NHL right now after what we saw here in St. Louis during All-Star Weekend. Chris Zimmerman is the CEO of the St. Louis Blues, and he will join us next to discuss that and more. I mean, Alexander Steen with 1,000 games played as of last night, the 345th player in league history to do so. The Blues certainly, on a big day for football, should be a topic, and they will be coming up here at 10-15. Then Howard Balzer, then a tribute to Isaac Bruce and Steve Atwater. We'll also hear from Dan Deardorff, the Hall of Famer himself. He is from Canton. At the bottom of the 11 o'clock hour, John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. And we will have a preview of Super Bowl 54 before we go, just before noon today. I'm Tom Ackerman. Thanks for joining us back in a moment. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Producer James O'Sullivan, I thought that was a Chiefs pullover, and I looked a little closer. It says 11-time world champion St. Louis Cardinals. So I can't blame you for wearing that. I mean, they are the 11-time champs. Chiefs go for their first championship in 50 years. Good luck to all the Chiefs fans out there. Let's bring in Blue CEO Chris Zimmerman. He's a champion. The Stanley Cup champions, and they are looking for another one, although they lost last night to Winnipeg 5-2. to two. You know who else is a Blues fan? Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, that I, and the Blues wearing the, the Chiefs stuff with Jordan Bennington walking the red carpet with Chiefs gear and Ryan O'Reilly throwing on a Chiefs helmet during the skills competition. I like all that stuff. Yeah, I like the connection, don't you, Chris Zimmerman? Yeah, without without question, it's uh, it's an exciting day. Obviously, it would be pretty fantastic story to for uh, Missouri sports fans to add the Super Bowl uh, 50 years since their last appearance uh, in the same year that um, we bring the Stanley Cup here to St. Louis. Yeah, how about that? So you have in the last decade. And I don't. I hate saying the major professional sports because that's leaving out some great sports teams. But in the four majors, okay, so you, Kansas City has two of them. They have a baseball team and an NFL team. The St. Louis area has two of them. They have a baseball team and an NHL team. If the Chiefs get it done, that means in the last decade, all of those teams would have won a world championship. <laughs> I mean, that is that's remarkable, right there in the state of Missouri. Yeah, I know. That's good stuff, and obviously, um, though it wasn't uh, the heart of competition, last week's uh, All-Star game really showed once again the exceptional way that um, our fans here in St. Louis and in the and in the region turn out for the big events. It was a big event again. We have had them over and over. The PGA Championship, uh, the events all over the place from the racetrack all the way west to Chaffetz Arena. We have so many sports venues right here in the city and in between where you can have a lot of fun. And for years to come, we're going to see it. But the NHL did a very good job, I thought, of marketing 
its players and its product and trying to expand the game. And it just so happens that the Blues fan base is in a frenzy right now because they won the Stanley Cup. It was like just a perfect moment in time, wasn't it? It really was. I I think uh, obviously one of the easy ways to measure that was the response over uh, at the NHL fanfare where the Stanley Cup was on display. Another chance for Blues fans to get that special moment, the special picture for those who hadn't had a chance yet. There were um, certainly times where the lines, uh, as I understand it, people waited online between four and five hours. And uh, speaking with the handlers of the Stanley Cup, who have been doing this now for over 20 years, their response was, They'd never seen anything like this anywhere. Wow. Now, that's a pretty exceptional statement. And, again, I think reflective of the energy, the momentum, the excitement about everything that's going on around uh, really the sport of hockey, blues hockey, uh, and the NHL right now. When Wayne Gretzky stands up in the skills competition and says, Welcome to St. Louis. I think what you'll find is this is one of the greatest cities in the world. It just set the tone for an amazing weekend. What what a an alumni group you have from Hall to McInnes to Plager to an 80-year-old Red Berenson skating around on Thursday at Centene Community Ice Center and scoring uh, one after the other. Whether they live here or not, there is a bond. Why do you think they feel so strongly about St. Louis, Chris Zimmerman? Well, I think in in part it's um, the players uh, for a long time and and certainly uh, the illustrious group of alumni that we have that that continue to um, stay here after that they uh, finish their careers, uh, often raising their families here, their kids being part of youth hockey in St. Louis. I think our alumni uh, have – such a strong bond in part because of the way our community has embraced them. This uh, obviously St. Louis for many of them has become home and they choose to be here because of the, um, the warmth, the connection they feel um, when they're playing and then following their careers. And so that's, uh, it's it's a very powerful um, uh, bond that happens. I think as other alumni from around the league come here and look at what it feels like in St. Louis, um, the facility that the alumni group has out at the new Centene Community Ice Center, all of these things uh, make this a city that both uh, Blues alumni and other NHL alumni uh, really uh, marvel at. You know, the NHL, that said, still has a lot of work to do, and they want to grow the game to women, to kids. They also want to make it welcome and comfortable for everybody. And I was really struck by how well the NHL uh, put on display their diversity and inclusion initiatives. It was at the Boys and Girls Club in Ferguson, where we screened the documentary Willie, that is about Willie O'Ree, the first black player in the NHL. 
it's not just a wonderful documentary and story about an 84-year-old man who, by the way, still works for the NHL and has since 1996, but it really opened our eyes to the issues that some players and fans have endured while in the building and uh, across the league, and they want to make this sport grow if they're going to do that, like Jamal Mayers told me, another great Blues alum, they're going to have to grow it for everybody and make sure that everybody is welcome. That, that was an amazing time, Chris. Yeah, well, I think it's obviously, um, I think, for, for the league, uh, both uh, on the ice as well as in our fan base, um, you know, our country, um, our times, we, we are becoming a more diverse um, community and recognizing that, Part of uh, continuing to grow the game is embracing uh, different groups, creating opportunities for people who have not had it in the game before. Um, all of those things are are core to the league. Um, we we place this under the heading of hockey is for everyone, and we have a number of initiatives that are doing that. The certainly the um, the Willie screening as well as the uh, Black History uh, Month uh, truck tour that the NHL brought to town, highlighting some of the players of color that have really made a difference in the game. Um, All of those are important initiatives, our outreach to continue to grow the girls' game and our legacy announcement about the new St. Louis Blues girls' development program is another initiative. So, uh, quite honestly, we're we're busy on a lot of fronts, trying to extend our reach, welcoming new groups into the game, and and with really concrete programs um, that give people the opportunity to uh, certainly try, experience, enjoy the game. Uh, just one other element: we, we this year we're about to go over a hundred thousand kids who will be touched by our ball hockey program, which goes into schools and community centers throughout the whole region. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's a lot. And, you know, you're teaching a beautiful game, a game that uh, will be beautiful for many, many years, especially when you see so many different people enjoying it. And the the United States, I mean, I I don't believe we've even, well, we have scratched the surface, but I think we have so much room to grow this game in the country, and St. Louis is playing a big part of that. Chris Zimmerman, just finally... Your baby is Enterprise Center, and that place looked so good. Uh, you're going to have Arch Madness here in a month. You'll have the first and second round of the NCAA tournament in about six weeks. And I noticed you added another. Gosh, you just keep opening all these places. What is uh, the Ballpark Village place on 14th? You opened up another area where we can hang out and have a few beers. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, we're, we're excited about expanding our spot sponsorship with Ballpark Village up outside uh, the Blues Fan Deck is uh, the Ballpark Village uh, sponsorship area, open area. Part of it is about giving people another gathering space um, where we can continue to uh, really do what what sport is is intended to do in addition to the competition, which is bring people together. And um, so we're excited about that. And yeah, we, you know, I will tell you, the building looks great. One of the things I'm most proud of uh, coming out of this All-Star Weekend 
just as the response to our entire staff, our, our, our event staff, the operations team that runs the building, the level of compliments on the work that they did this weekend and do on a regular basis, I think as important as the physical building, uh, the personal part of our building, I think we've really moved forward in big ways as well. I would agree with you. Uh, Chris Zimmerman, it's a pleasure. And just to step out for a moment and, and with a, a moment of business, but just to, to let people know, as you are aware, we're not carrying the Blues games right now. But as is evidence here, we have a very strong partnership and relationship with the St. Louis Blues. And you play a big part in making that happen, and we certainly appreciate it here at KMOX. Thanks, as always, for being with us. We've had a great time, and we look forward to much more to come. Thanks, Tom. Enjoy uh, enjoy the day. Go Chiefs. <laughs> Go Chiefs. There he is, Chris Zimmerman. Always great to have him on KMOX Radio. We'll take a break. When we come back, oh, my, Howard Balzer's next on the list. We'll go to Miami, and he was part of the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection committee, as they selected Isaac Bruce, among others, to go into the hall. That's next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. And now the Titans are playing with one play left in their season. First and goal at the 10-yard line. No timeouts left. Six seconds left. You couldn't ask for a better finish. Only Jeff Fisher has something else on his mind. He wants to play more. Shotgun for McNair. Takes the snap. Looks to the right. Throws. And is complete to Tyson at the one-yard line. And he stops short. The clock strikes triple zero. Kevin Dyson caught the ball. And Mike Jones made the tackle at the one-yard line to preserve a win for the St. Louis Rams in Super Bowl 34. People, that was the greatest Super Bowl I have ever watched. Howard David and Matt Millen with that call on Westwood One, January 30th, 2000. They went right down to the field, and John Dockery was with Isaac Bruce. I never doubted that we were going to win this game. Uh, you know, Tennessee definitely deserved to be here. They gave us all we could handle. Um, it was a fight to the finish, one of the best games I've ever played in. When you think of that Super Bowl, you think of Isaac Bruce, the 73-yard touchdown catch that broke the tie, and the Rams went on to win the Super Bowl. St. Louis had its Super Bowl title, and we're joined now by Howard Balzer, the longtime writer, broadcaster. He's followed the NFL for years and years, and he is part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection committee. And, Howard, I actually reached out to Isaac Bruce to see if he could come on the show today, I understood that his schedule was a little busy. You know what he's doing right now? He's getting his face measured for his Hall of Fame bust in Canton. How cool is <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, and it's interesting, Tom, because normally they do all that with the class on Monday. They have all together, and they do a whole bunch of stuff on Monday. Sit for the, you know, measure for the bust, measure for the ring, measure for their gold jacket. But because of the centennial class, this year and they have 20 people going in instead of the normal eight they 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 moved it up and are doing a bunch of stuff today with the guys that make to make sure uh, that they get it all done so yeah it's it's been a whirlwind for everybody and certainly for the hall of fame with this unique way they're celebrating 
uh, the centennial season of the National Football League. Howard, on behalf of all of the fans of Isaac Bruce throughout this area and of Torrey Holt, for that matter, thank you for all that you did to make this happen. I know that it wasn't just you, that it took a lot of people to back you and, and a lot of votes to make it happen. But you presented the committee with the case for Isaac Bruce. How did you do it? What did you tell them? Wow, it was, man, it was, it's been a three year journey, really, because I started presenting him two years ago. And now, of course, this was my third one. And each year I tried to change it up a little bit. I, the biggest, one of the biggest keys this year, in, in addition to making sure that I had a lot of people talking for him after I made my initial presentation, is that I spoke, you know, in the past, Tom, I had, you know, I'd say quotes from, Dick Vermeil and Mike Martz and Aeneas Williams and other team, Kurt Warner and all that. And I, I sprinkled in a few from some others and a few selectors suggested try to get more opponents. And if they can be Hall of Famers, all the better. And so what I did was I spoke to Ty Law, who went in last year. I spoke to Rod Woodson and maybe the biggest one. Oh, I just said Ty Law. And then there was Michael Irvin. And they were all just so effusive in their praise for Isaac Bruce. And I think that had certainly an impact in the room. And, and I'll say this, though, Tom, you mentioned Tory Hall. And when I found out that Tory was a finalist, I thought, boy, I hope that doesn't split things. It kind of complicates it. You have two guys, obviously, not only on the same team, but at the same position. But I really, truly believe, and especially the way it all played out in that room yesterday, Having Tory in there helped Isaac because it forced the selectors to kind of make a choice between the two. That elevated Isaac a bit, not tremendously, certainly because Tory had a great career too, but it elevated Isaac a bit. And with Reggie Wayne in there from the Colts, there was that feeling, hey, we've got to put a wide receiver in this year because Calvin Johnson is coming in next year. And so with that in everybody's mind, it just – led the way for, for Isaac getting in. A big help with Troy Polamalu was the only first-time eligible to get in. So that opened four spots for other guys, all of them who have been waiting several years. And so basically, here in South Florida, obviously, where Isaac Bruce grew up, I think the stars just simply aligned to say that this was his time. Also getting in, Steve Hutchinson on the Modern Era finalists, uh, the great guard for the Vikings and the Seahawks. You also had Edgerin James, a terrific running back, getting in, and Steve Atwater, a 16-year wait for the hard-hitting safety from Lutheran North. He gets in, Howard Balzer. What a moment for him. Absolutely, and I was a big proponent of Steve as well. This was only his third year as a finalist, but his 16th year of eligibility. So he only had four years left and before he would have been bumped to the seniors group. And, you know, he, he made the initial reduction from 15 to 10 last year for the first time. So there was certainly some traction and some momentum for him, and it worked out well for him. A guy, quite frankly, that I don't, I don't know how, if he could play in today's game, he'd have to adjust his game the way it was played uh, back then. But, but great for him, like you said, great for Luther and North. And it was great to be able to see him after after the I mean after the election. And one other quick point, Tom, you mentioned Adrian James. It was 20 years ago, almost 21 now, in the draft when the Rams, of course, drafted Torrey Holt in the first round. But let's remember the Colts traded Marshall Falk to the Rams, 
because of some contract things, and they didn't think they were going to be able to get him signed to a new deal. And then they drafted Edger and James instead of Ricky Williams, who everyone expected they were going to pick. And so Bill Poling and the GM of the Colts at the time, he essentially cre- you know, helped create two championship teams with James on his team and Marshall Falk coming to the Rams, which obviously helped propel the greatest show on turf. So uh, it's just pretty interesting that both James and, and who also went to the University of Miami, that James and Bruce both will be enshrined in the same year. Wow, that's terrific. Howard Balzer is with us from Miami. Going back to Torrey Holt, what do you think uh, his chances are? I mean, I, do you think it's uh, do you think he has an opportunity next year? Oh, I think he well, he definitely has an opportunity. I don't know how long it will be. I mean, Reggie Wayne is going to come back. As I mentioned, Calvin Johnson will probably be in the room. A short career with only nine seasons, but certainly a guy that put up great numbers. And sometimes, you know, the reality is sometimes receivers have to wait. It's, and all, all players have to wait, unfortunately. Most do. And it, it's tough for them. But it's just the way the process is. You have, I always say, Tom, people don't realize how hard it is to be a finalist, mm-hmm. one of those 15. And then we get to that 15, only five can get in. Ten are going to be uh, disappointed. But the key here is, and I made this point, one of the points I made for both Isaac and Tori yesterday, because I presented Tori too, is that I think that they both might have been in already, or certainly uh, Tori would have been a finalist earlier, and Isaac would have been a finalist earlier than he was, except for the timing that those two, plus Kurt Warner and Orlando Pace, were all first-time eligibles at the same time back in 2015. And so Orlando didn't get in the first year, or Kurt. The next year, Orlando got in. And when Orlando uh, was elected the next year, Isaac joined him as a finalist. So Tory's been eligible now for six years. So next year will be his seventh year of eligibility. And, and I know that the committee looks at that. So I'm hopeful, even with Calvin Johnson, I, I'm hopeful. I can't guarantee, certainly. But I think Tory Holt's going to be really looked at hard uh, next year. And I was in there fighting for him yesterday, and I'll be fighting for him even more in in, uh, in 2021. Love to hear it. Boy, this uh, August 8th enshrinement changes my summer plans. I mean, I, I feel like I need, to, <laughs> I need to be there to see Isaac. You know, I did not get to go to see Kurt go in, and nor was I able to make it to see Orlando get in. But I was there, as were you for all of these, but I was there to see Marshall Falk go in, and it was very special. And to think that off of that offense, one offense from the greatest show on turf, you'll have five Hall of Famers once Torrey Holt gets that knock on the door is remarkable. And and maybe, maybe Dick Vermeil. I mean, does he have well, – what do you think? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think he's got a shot when that is. I mean, this year he was a finalist, one of eight coaches in the, cent- the special centennial class. And so two guys got in, as we know, Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson. So he's on, if you call it a short list of coaches that will be uh, considered going forward. And here's a key, Tom, because let's remember this year, the coaches got in on their own. In the past, coaches were included with the modern day players. And it's tough to get a coach in anyway, but then to get one in when you're, you know, basically taking the spot of a player is even more hard. Well, the Hall is talking about, they haven't decided, but they're talking about like they did six years ago or five years ago, beginning a contributor category for owners, GMs, and those types of people and having it separate than the regular, the regular, you know, the, the, the modern day players. 
And so they're talking about doing that for coaches too. And if they do that for coaches, then we're probably going to have a coach a year go in for a certain amount of time. And I think Dick deserves it as much as anybody else, basically for turning around three franchises, two of them, the Eagles and the Rams, that were just god-awful bad in a lot of years before he took them over and got all three teams and then going to the Chiefs, he got them all to the playoffs in the third year. It's, it's really an amazing number. Overall, his career winning percentage is about 52%. From the third year on, it's over 64%. And that's not easy to come in, obviously, to organizations that aren't very good or bad and turn them around and have them make the playoffs all in their third year. So uh, that'll be a guy I'll be fighting for, too, uh, down the road. And uh, I'm certainly hopeful it'll happen for him within these next few years. Final moments with Howard Balzer, who is graciously joining us from Miami after a big day for him yesterday, presenting Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Isaac gets in, and we're excited about it. Uh, Today's game, Chiefs 49ers. This is a fascinating matchup. What do you see playing out here today? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, It's interesting. I've been using that word fascinating every time I've talked about it in the last couple of weeks because of that 49ers defense going against Patrick Mahomes and company, a Chiefs defense that I know the Steve Spagnuolo regime as head coach of the Rams wasn't a real good one, but the guy can coach defense. And this Chiefs defense, as it normally happens with Spagnuolo in his first year, has improved all season and down the stretch was just about as good as any defense in the NFL. So they're going against that 49ers team, as we know, with an excellent offensive line and can run, and you have the tight end, George Kittle. So, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's a flip-of-the-coin type game. I'm kind of hoping for the Chiefs, not only because of across the, straight in, uh, across the state in Missouri, but so the chatter and the narrative can stop that Andy Reid needs a, needs a Super Bowl win to be a Hall of Fame coach because personally I believe he's a Hall of Fame coach anyway, but I'd like to see it uh, for him. And, and by the way, Tom, I got a text from Dick Vermeil uh, congratulating me and helping with Isaac, and then he said, go Chiefs. And of course, <laughs> that, was, that was one of his teams, obviously. So I'm kind of I'm hoping, hoping Kansas City comes out with the victory, but I expect that hopefully it'll be a great game. The weather looks beautiful here in Miami today, and so – uh, should should be a great one for everybody to watch. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Howard, I really appreciate the time. Thank you for doing this. Congratulations to you again on yesterday. I know it's a lot of work to put it together. And Isaac Bruce gets into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I hope you sat down and had an outstanding meal last night in Miami. Now I sound like Frank Cusimano, but I hope you uh, <laughs> I hope you sat down and, and just enjoyed your evening because that's a, a, a very well done piece of work by you. Well, I appreciate it. And a very quick anecdote. As it turns out, another guy I knew was down here. He said, hey, why don't you join us for dinner? And it turned out he was having dinner with Mike Jones. Oh. You, you just play, played the tape. And the funny thing is Mike had left, and then the guy I was with, we were walking out of this hotel, and let's just say it was, let's, it's not, it was early this morning, and all of a sudden this car pulls up, window rolls down, and the guy in the passenger seat says, hey, Howard. How come you couldn't get Tory Holt in the Hall of Fame? And I start walking over, and I'm at it's Orlando Pace in the car. And I said, "Yeah, oh come on, man!" I said, "You know how I hard do I work for Isaac?" And then all of a sudden, he started laughing. Points in the back seat, 
and Tori Holt was in the car. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. Oh, that's great. I really like Tori. I love all those guys, and I, I hope to catch yeah. up with uh, Tori sometime soon. I remember standing there at the after party uh, for Marshall Falk and Deion Sanders. They threw that party together. You were there, too, in the, yeah. in the tent. And I was standing next to Orlando Pace, and I said, you know, I was thinking about this. I don't know that I will ever cover a team like yours in 1999. And he looked at me and he said, I don't think there will ever be another team like ours. Period. And it wasn't only on the field. You mentioned what great guys they are, how selfless they were. And that was the thing I pointed out about Isaac and Corey is that, you know, they never demanded the ball. They just, they did things the right way. And real quick, I know you got to go, but that was one of the things Michael Irvin told me that I, I used in the room where, where he talked about just that, they just did what they were supposed to do in the framework of the offense. And then he said of Isaac, he didn't like, he didn't act like, and I don't know, can I say the word? I'll just spell it. A-S-S. Mm-hmm. He didn't act like that. And that is what I think so many of us take away from these guys. Great football players, but also great people. Uh, very well said. By the way, I do think you can say that word on KMOX now. I actually led the oh. Jack Buck Awards, <laughs> and I dropped that. I said that, uh, what did I say, James? Oh, I said... Uh, the the highlight reel from 2019 was missing something. Stan Crocky's ass getting sued in court. <laughs> Very nicely done. Let's keep L, let's keep the let's let St. Louis enjoy this, okay? Let, uh, L.A. Let let's L.A. can take a step back here. I love L.A. I don't I don't love the the person running the team, but I love Los Angeles. But let's take a little step back and just let uh, let St. Louis soak this one in and keep the the hierarchy there of that team uh, back in the be- in the background. That'd be my preference. Anyway, great idea, and I think uh, I think everybody shares those feelings. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Thank you very much for this visit. Very much. Take care, Tom. Thanks. Great there, being on with you. Longtime friend Howard Balls are joining us from Miami. Great job by him uh, yesterday. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will pay tribute to Isaac Bruce and Steve Atwater on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. And now the kickoff, fielded by Horn at the 10, running left to the 20. Horn slips a tackle and then tripped up as he crosses the 25-yard line. Well, we have 2.05 remaining in regulation time. Steve Jackson with a tackle for the Tennessee special teams. You said at the beginning of the broadcast that if St. Louis plays their best game and Tennessee plays their best game, St. Louis wins, and you probably were right. Yeah, well, what happened was Tennessee, I mean, uh, St. Louis did play their best game almost in the first half. They played almost their best game. And in the second half, now Tennessee is playing their best game. So we've had a tale of two halves here. But credit Tennessee's defense. Tennessee's defense has been awesome today. Oh, Warner and the Rams who have gone three and out. Back-to-back possessions. They go under center with three receivers to the right. One to the left. Warner back to throw. Airs it out. Deep down the right side. And the pass is caught by Isaac Bruce. He breaks away at the 30. Bruce to the 20. Bruce to the 10. Touchdown. Touchdown, St. Louis Rams. Isaac Bruce, 73 yards. And the St. Louis Rams, for the moment, have the lead. Bruce made a fantastic Adjustment back underneath and came to now that ball on Denard Walker was thrown under and then Bruce just turned on the Jets 
He got himself a little bit of a bump, and it was six quick. What a monster throw. Reverend Ike says amen to his passing partner, Kurt Warner, and the point after by Wilkins is good. Howard, with that throw, Kurt Warner set a new Super Bowl NFL record, surpassing Joe Montana. He now has 414 yards the first 400-yard game in Super Bowl history. And now the Titans are playing with one play left in their season. First and goal at the 10-yard line. No timeouts left. Six seconds left. You couldn't ask for a better finish. Only Jeff Fisher has something else on his mind. He wants to play more. Shotgun for McNair. Takes the snap. Looks to the right. Throws. And is complete to Tyson at the one-yard line. And he stops short. The clock strikes triple zero. Kevin Dyson caught the ball. And Mike Jones made the tackle at the one-yard line to preserve a win for the St. Louis Rams in Super Bowl 34. People, that was the greatest Super Bowl I have ever watched. And I'll never forget them going down to the sideline, John Dockery with Isaac Bruce, who said this. I never doubted that we were going to win this game. Um, you know, Tennessee definitely deserved to be here. They gave us all we could handle. Um, it was a fight to the finish, one of the best games I've ever played in. And now he is where he needs to be, in Canton, Ohio. Isaac Bruce, yesterday, elected. He will be enshrined into the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, the Pro Football Hall of Fame on August 8th. The first thing he said once he received that news. You know, I wanted Mr. Baker just to wait a little while. I wanted him to knock two rounds of knocks just to let him feel what I've been feeling the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I wanted to keep my power and my control. So after the first knock, I went and told my family, yo, this is the knock. So, you know, gather around, let's answer the door. And uh, shook his hand, and it was a great handshake. That it was. And Isaac Bruce is in. David Baker also knocked on the door of Steve Atwater. <laughs> Welcome to Canton, brother. Yes, Welcome to Canton. Sir. Love Thank you, David. Congratulations. Yes, Love you, man. I know it's been a bit of a wait here, buddy. Man's worth the wait. It is worth the well wait. Well worth the wait. You played with such fearlessness. During the 16 years of waiting to get this call today, were you ever worried that it just might not happen? Yeah, I was. I was. And um, I, I didn't really worry about it, though. I, I'm a person who believes that if things are meant to be, especially when I don't have any control over it. If it's meant to be, it'll be. And if not, then, you know, the other accolades that I've received, them, you know, in the Broncos Ring of Fame, that's, mm -hmm. you know, an incredible honor. Um, Mr. Bolin, he actually created a ring for that. And, um, you know, knowing that I got a chance to play for an amazing organization in a, in a beautiful city that I love so much, uh, that, that, that would have been enough to carry me for the rest of my life. But this here, man, this is, it's a serious treat, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to represent the Pro Football Hall of Fame well. Isaac Bruce and there, Steve Atwater from Lutheran North going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Could not ask for two better, and they added three others. Troy Palomalu, Edger and James, and Steve Hutchinson. It'll be a big year as the centennial will take place, the NFL's 100th season, closing with the Hall of Fame on August 8th, and then a new season will begin in 2020. The season closes out with the Super Bowl in just a bit. It starts at 
at 5.30, Super Bowl 54 between the Chiefs and the 49ers. We'll have a preview of it next hour. We're also going to be joined next hour by Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosaylock. He'll talk about the club as we, believe it or not, are nine days away from pitchers and catchers reporting in Jupiter, Florida, and we are 20 days away from the first game on KMOX. February 22nd, the Cardinals will play the Mets right here. In fact, at this time on that Saturday, we'll be getting pregame on the air, just to starting to put it together, and that first time that you hear it, it just brings you back. I'll tell you, this weather kind of feels like baseball weather, doesn't it? And I hope you're outside enjoying your day. A lot to come right after the 11 o'clock news. It's Hall of Famer Dan Deerdorf on Super Bowl Sunday, sports on a Sunday morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.